Welcome to Across the Rail Podcast, Methodist layman dishing hot takes on current events, church stuff, and cultural issues. Our episode ran a little long today, so we're splitting it up into two. This will be the first half of the episode. The second half will probably be dropped uh, in about a week or so. But our episode discusses how we should view our personal worship preferences versus historical Christian worship and what that says about cafeteria-style Christianity. Warning, we're not the men in black from the pulpit, but from the pews across the rail. Our episode today is entitled, Worship Your Way. What in the devil does that mean? I mean, basically what it means is if you could design, if you were in charge of worship, how, how, what would that look like and how would you construct that? So before we get into all that, let's, uh, let's do roll call. Who's here? Uh, I'm here. I'm John. Got Ron. Jody. And Greg. Okay. Well, right now we want to kind of dive down, before we go into worship your way, we kind of want to dive into some of our listener comments. And I want to highly recommend, if any of y'all out there are enjoying what we're doing, or if you absolutely despise what we're doing, either way, we welcome your listener comments, especially on Apple Podcast. If you can give us a review, we would certainly appreciate that. And uh, I don't know what to say other than that, but uh, we really, we really would uh, would like your good comments. So, John, you have a listener comment. Is that I correct? do, and uh, for anyone that wants to uh, send a comment, they can uh, send it to uh, comments at acrosstherail.com, and uh, we answer those generally within 24 hours. But I would like to highlight one comment from a uh, listener in uh, Tennessee, Tyler, a.k.a. Goat Boy. <laughs> he, uh, he comments that uh, how much he appreciated the uh, podcast and looks forward to more more podcasts coming his way. So, Tyler, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we're trying to get some out there for you. Awesome. Thank you, John. Okay, well, here we go. So, imagine I am a member of the Church of Jody. So, if I go to the service at the Church of Jody, what does worship consist of in the Church of Jody? Well, first and foremost, we'd have at least two offerings collected, Two. 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 Yes, yes, yes. No. Would, would, would one of those be a Zon machine? <laughs> no, in all honesty, guys, for for me, and I thought about that, and uh, it's a little tough because that kind of that kind of puts me in the equation here, and worship is all about God. Right. It's not about me. It's really not about my personal preferences. <clears throat> but since we're going to be in the context of... Uh, of the Church of Jody. Yeah, of right. the Church of Jody. The first thing would uh, would be some corporate prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and join us. That would be first That's and foremost. Good. Absolutely, absolutely. Then uh, we would get into uh, edification through singing spiritual hymns and songs. No, are there unspiritual hymns? Yeah. There. What type of uh, songs other than uh, I'm assuming it's traditional hymns that you're speaking about? There would be traditional, yes, uh, mainly because most of our traditional music hymns come from the source, which is the Holy Bible. They're grounded in the Word to begin with, okay? Good point. Um, so, you know, what we're doing is we're offering back to God. We're basically edifying the Lord when we sing together corporately His praises. And I think that is very 
very important because what we do during that period of time, when we first come in, a lot of people had the hassle getting the kids ready. It's always a hassle just to get into the church. But what we do, we first invite through prayer for the Lord to reign in the service. Then we offer up praises to the Lord through song. Well, all of a sudden, the cares of getting ready for this morning, those things tend to just kind of fall away. And then that will allow the further part of the service, which would be the hearing of the word of God. Well, could you not have that same effect with contemporary music as opposed to just traditional? Yeah, anything after 1965, is that allowed in worship? Well, I am not against contemporary. Let me go on the record and say that. And, you know, we, we had a little bit of discussion prior to this uh, podcast, and about 1975 is where the birth of the actual contemporary music took place. And a lot of guys might not realize it, listening to what's being played on the radio today. Uh, but early contemporary Christian music was entirely based on Scripture. One of the first mainstream songs that came out was, uh, uh, let me think, Seek Ye First. Right. We know where that's based out of Matthew 6.33. Well, I, I, I think there's a lot of contemporary uh, music nowadays that is based on Scripture. The, the, Loosely. Well, you know, for example, uh, well, Vince Gill's wife, what's her name? Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Thy word is a lamp unto my... Remember that Amen. course? Yep, yep. That was in the late 70s. Mm -hmm. So that's right out of song. Now, now please, please excuse me for... for for not knowing the artist on there, because I am not a uh, a total contemporary junkie on there, but uh, and, and I'm going to quote quote a line from a but song. He is a junkie. On, it, it is. Uh, it says, "Holy, holy, holy, the Lord God Almighty, who who was and is to come." You know, that's revelation. That comes from revelation. Yes. But that's in a, in a that exact word to come out of a contemporary song. Well, I think you you're know? talking about contemporary songs in the. What Jody's talking about is is the the new contemporary songs, exactly. which are more about getting you feel good, exactly, uh, as opposed to truly rooted in scripture. Can, right? Can I just interject something? May I interject something here? It depends. I, I, I I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to get mad, I'm going to get some hate mail, so start to flame away. But as a dude, when I have to when I sing a song about oh, leaning yeah. back yeah. onto Jesus's you know chest yeah. and feeling his heartbeat and his breath and all that stuff. And I love me some Jesus, but I'm just, that just kind of makes me cringe. I'm just telling you right now. Well, does being married to him make you cringe? I, uh, I just, I, I'm sorry, Jody. I just have a hard time. I understand it. I get it. It's just hard as a dude. Uh, I, I get the masculinity Greg, part. I, I would agree with you. I mean, no. they're, 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 they've got some songs out there that I'm going, Wow, I probably wouldn't have said that in church on there because that, that, that was borderline. I know this is a rabbit we're, hole. We're so. keeping it real. Yeah, okay. You know, okay, but you know, once Please again, continue, Jody. Once again, we're at the Church of Jody. We're not at the Church well, of John, okay, so okay, okay, well, I'm well, going to have it the way I want it. Well, this is the Burger whoa. King drive-thru. He whoa. is the Pope uh, of the okay, Church so, of Okay, so, so like, like, a, like a group like Mercy Me and, uh, you know, when he's talking about when, when, when he goes to heaven, what, what's he going to do? Yeah. On there, you know that's that's not really. John, that, why are you arguing with I, me? I, this I, is my I, church. I, I, 
I'm just a visitor. I have I'm just a visitor. I'm looking for a church. For so I may long. go to the church of Ryan here in a minute. <laughs> well, if you don't bring your wallet, don't come. Uh, now, guys, I hope you know that, 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 that's joking. My, well, it's all about you, the Benjamins, Jody. That's my right. my <laughs> view, it, it's got to be a, what a, is it a 403C? What is it? Something like uh, that. Uh, uh, a complete nonprofit. Yeah. Well, no. The IRS will be in touch. If uh, my church would probably always be in the hole because that money would go out quicker than it had a chance to be counted, and it would be working in the kingdom, guys. But uh, no, really, Uh, it's it's not about me, guys. So I'm fine with a whole host of uh, worship methods. The idea is let's keep. Keep, keep it real. Keep it real. Right. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Let's, let's, let's keep our eyes on Jesus, okay? Doesn't matter if it's contemporary. It doesn't matter if it's tradition, traditional. The thing is, it's the intent of my heart, isn't it? Absolutely. When I come and when I offer to the Lord, you know, uh, first of all, if I come to church and they set me off by singing a song I don't like, who's really, where is the issue? It's with me. That's right, that's right. And so... Well, no, you just leave that church and go down to the Church of Ryan. Yeah, well, Ryan's got all the good tunes. I'm telling you. Speaking of being real, Ryan, what does the Church of Ryan look like or sound like? You know, I think Jody made the key point here about the Church of Ryan or the Church of John, Greg, Jody, whatever. It's the Church of God. Amen. We're just blessed to be a part of it. And um, I I tell you, I, I, I love music. I do. Uh, and uh, but I also think it's important that when we are singing to the Lord and we are praising Him, that it's done in a way that everyone can do it. Uh, when we sing certain certain songs, not many people know. It's hard to sing along with it. That's uh, why I like the hymns. I agree. I That's agree. why I like the hymns because everyone you worship the in the familiar. Absolutely, you do not worship in the unfamiliar. I, I can remember I can remember uh, I, I go to an early service at the church I attend and and we do sing the the, the older hymns uh, not not saying that I don't like the contemporary but uh, I, I can it brings me back to uh, to when I was a, a, a youth many many moons ago I remember those I absolutely yeah. can remember singing you know just as I am right you know, 47 times till someone came up front that's exactly right, right. You know, Hey, hey, Ryan, elaborate a little bit, though. Uh, you, you know, you touched on singing songs that everybody knows. Uh, there's a lot of people that may be their first time walking in a church. They've never well, heard it to all, start it, with. Listen, here's the thing about the Church of Ryan. The Church of Ryan is a church of love. And we, and, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, if somebody walks in that door, they will be greeted. Amen. They will be, it'll be like they've been here a hundred times. Okay. That's the way it should be in a church. Nope. And to further that, I'm not even sure that the Church of Ryan would even have walls. We may not even be a church that that meets in a building. Would be a, because we be are a tabernacle a moving, with sawdust breathing. Floors. The church is living, right? The church should be alive. The church should be active. The church should be able to, like you said, you know, always be in debt. You know, that's a healthy. That yeah, no, not necessarily being in debt. It's a healthy, but we've got to reliance on God. That's exactly right. Know that he will provide. Amen. And we've got to spend, you know, and, and that's what I like. I, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that when we invest in our community, we invest in our people, then that's where you have your return. God will give that return. 
And uh, the Church of Brian is pretty simple. I'll be honest with you. Church well, is I got one question for you. Yes. Uh, with no walls, and you all are one of those uh, singing off the wall kind of churches, what, where are you going to get your music from? The hymn book. Ah, we'll have the book. We're, we're going now, traditional. Here, here's Man, the thing. We have two traditional have walls. I, churches. I, I believe I, the IRS is going to require you to have walls in I'm, order to keep that uh, that nonprofit. Well, I'm going to go to the Church of Ryan in the summer, but I'm going to go to the Church of Jody in the winter, where there are walls in climate control. <laughs> well, we'll have, currently we'll have fasting heat, tents. Greg. You know the big revival tent. We'll have a fire pit. Oh, that's we'll fine. That. That's yeah, fine. That. Can, can I run in your church, Ryan? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. We don't have no bopping on the heads and all that business. Oh, anyway. We ain't going to play that game. Oh my. We ain't going to play well, that game. We only bop you if you don't put something in the plate. And we'll, we'll only pass the plate around one time. <laughs> one so time around the plate. Okay. It's a big plate, though, right? Okay, so, so now I'm, I got mad at the Church of Ryan, so now I'm going to go visit the Church of John. Okay, well, uh, being the only one that comes from an organized religion. Oh, my God. Okay, go. this um, is a formula church. Okay, yeah. now I personally, if if it was up to me and it's my choice as Jody, well, it is a uh, church of John. Uh, it is so. a church of John. So, you know, I'll just leave it at that on there. Uh, if I had my choice, uh, I, I would almost do a little mix and match almost on there because me personally, I enjoy the structure of an organized religion. You know, I like I like the the wardrobes that the minister wears. I like uh, the kneeling before we go into pews. I like all that stuff. I like the, the crucifix at the end of prayers. I even do that, and I get strange looks right now, currently. But I don't care, because that's for me, you know? Um, is it for you, or is it for God? It's for me to remember the, the sacrifices that God's made for me, you know? You do so, recall from a previous podcast, if he was wearing a Walmart tire and lube uniform, that pastor wouldn't cut mustard. There you go. <laughs> Somebody didn't like logos. So, anyways, uh, you're right. You're right. The the the, uh, the mechanic. Uh, uh, so so, anyways, uh, I now I'm, I'm going to lean away from the music because although we've already touched base on music twice, music is very important, uh, and that's that's the whole purpose of a of a future question that we're going to have. But I think you, you offer a variety of musics uh, to accompany. To, to attract different different people, and I think that's really important. But the 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 thing that I that I would have, the thing that I would have uh, in uh, in my church, the Church of John, I, I would like the the pastor, uh, as he's preaching, uh, to put more uh, personal uh, personal stories and incorporated with scripture to back that uh, and and the the reason i the reason i i would like that is it, it's more of a visual for me and you know all four of us are different and all four of us learn differently and and how we we get a message you know you, you made you made a point about contemporary music not not being uh, not being biblically based, but now that was I did not make well. That well point. I, I'm making that assumption. I'm making that you assumption. Did. But you know, to me, if objection, if, Your Honor, uh, overruled, um, uh, overruled in the Church of John. <laughs> now, 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 hold on a second, guys. Now, the the feel good that was made, the, the feel good comment that was made, I like that feel good because it makes me do a deep dive in my heart on what 
God has done for me, what God expects from me, and what what uh, uh, pathway uh, he, he has for me. So, you know, uh, it, it may not have the thou, thou shalt and thou shalt not, but it, 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 it puts me in the mind to have open learning, okay? And that learning comes uh, differently, you know? That learning comes through, you know, personal stories. Once our pastor would, would, would tell a story about you know, God speaking to him, and and he woke up, and uh, he knew that he had a, a note from somebody that really didn't send it. Was that from God? Well, you know, those stories I, you can remember. Absolutely. You know, those, those stories you can sit there and say, "Wow, that that's 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 a that's a uh, a message from God," and it 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 relates to this type of scripture on there. So, you know, the Church of John would have a lot of that. Can okay. I ask you, John, sure. in sure. your church? Uh, would I need to bring my Bible, or will I just be able to look up on the wall and conveniently have Scripture put up there for well, me? Well, you know, uh, I'm glad you said that because I would encourage you to bring your Bible. You know, you'd have to dust it off and then bring it with you. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the mean guy here. Uh, a, a lot of times that that uh, that becomes a a centerpiece for somebody's coffee table or uh, just to be looked at, and 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 that's that's a manual for life right there. You know that's God's manual for us. So why wouldn't you bring that? Why why wouldn't it be in well, the in I the mean, car seat next to you everywhere you go? I want the Church of Convenience. Well, you, you know what? And 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 in the Church of John, you would probably get that on there. But I'm not going to sit there and and flash a, a piece of scripture up there uh, just just so you know give you an excuse not to bring your Bible. I would encourage you to. To, uh, to bring your Bible. Well, you know? how about cute little videos, you know, that kind of entertain me that uh, okay. drive home the pastor's point? Well, you know what? Visual the, effect. Again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to what I said earlier. You know, everybody everybody marches to a little different drum on there and everybody learns from. So if, if you're annoyed by the video, but Greg is intrigued by the video, and Ryan is uh, sending that video out to his, his, his brother who hadn't attended church in 12 years on there, is that a positive effect? Absolutely, you know. Absolutely, it's a positive effect. So, so it. it do, tra it, do traditionalists have videos? Can well, you know, I haven't seen any videos from Paul. No, um, no. But uh, I think in this modern era, you know, God, uh, God invented everything. He's made everything. So why wouldn't he? Could uh, it possibly allow us be a to, distraction? It might be to some. To some, it might be a uh, a big giant leap for others, though. You know. I agree with that. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Now, here, here's the plate. Uh, fill it up. Well, let uh, me let me uh, ask this, John. Sure. <clears throat> is not a Bible the page on a Bible? Is that not a personal screen? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Yes. So whether the Word of God is viewed on printed page or if it's viewed high and lifted up on the side of the sanctuary wall, it does it really matter? Well, you know, it, it doesn't, but I would, encourage, uh, I would encourage a person after they've went over a piece of scripture, if they have a mental note, Right. To to take in take a little, it's hard to little pencil. write a note on a screen that's, that's about 150 feet uh, away. I, from I agree. Me. So make a little note saying, "This is what this scripture okay. meant to me." You know, because okay. you know we we've discussed this before. You know, all through all four of us can read uh, read a scripture and mean four different things yeah. to them. 
you know. So whatever your personal understanding of that scripture, that Bible in hand allows you to make some mental notes that you can review, which I would encourage you to review uh, those little mental notes, uh, you know, as, as, and share them with your family. And it becomes, okay. a, it becomes an heirloom. Well, John, I think we have a pretty good picture of what the church of God does. It, does it have walls at least in the winter? It does have walls. It does have a. Uh, have wheels under it? Walls, it, it, it doesn't. The, the, the trailer was blocked up on there. Oh, Ryan's uh, just got wheels. But, John's, John's church has got walls, but it's empty. Okay. Uh, oh! <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, Ryan, Ryan. I can't believe you. you well, well, okay, that's, Greg. That's only because Jody and I identified that it was the Church of God, not yeah. our church, and you well, never did that. So that's why I'm assuming you're Greg, yes. Before you, de- that before is you un- define that is your church. church. I, 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 don't have to, I don't have to advertise the church, guys. You walk in the door, and you know God's there. I've just there. got one question, Greg. You, you left my church for Ryan's. So are you going lo- to leave John's to start your own? Well, you know... <laughs> If I if I'm a 21st century uh, American Christian, I I reserve the right to get mad and leave at any time. So uh, you know it's not about committing to a congregation or committing to a body of believers. It's about what I want, and I guess that's the whole point uh, of this whole podcast. Because as you can see, uh, there there there's an old phrase that says when you have two Methodists, you have three opinions. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see kind of where we're going with this. And, and just in, in four dudes that belong to the same church, you've got four, com- or actually four completely different uh, churches. The Church of Greg's pretty easy. Uh, it has been said that the, the term blended worship, when you take it back to its Greek roots, it means nobody's happy. So my, my church is, I, I'm kind of a, uh, a pragmatist. And the Church of Greg, I would pick and choose from different things. I like, I'm a liturgical guy. I enjoy some of the liturgy of, of the church. But I tend to like that on high holy days. I, you know, as we do Lent and as we get close to Easter, Advent, the, the, the church seasons, Pentecost, I kind of like to up my liturgical game a little bit. But when it's not in those seasons of the church, I'm very low church. I, I like to worship. I like to have a, a, a spirit-led song service. I also believe that the Church of Greg has plenty of time for prayer. And that can be prayer in the pews. That can be prayer in the Absolutely. altars. I don't know Absolutely. why we keep the altar barricaded for just when we are inviting people to to become a Christian or, or asking them to, to come into Christian discipleship. I think the, the, the house of God is, is a prayer for all time. And, and anybody at any time that wants to go up and pray at the altar, whether it's in the middle of the, of the singing or in the middle of the preaching or in the middle of the liturgy, it's time to, it's time to talk to God. And, and, and I, I like order. I mean, I don't want a thousand people doing a thousand things, but they, if they feel the spirit led, leading them to do something, to, to talking to God, I, I think that is t- totally legitimate. And as far as the, the music of the church, I like everything from thousand-year-old hymns and anthems and, and readings. I do like 
uh, uh, readings of scripture by readers, by laity members of the church. I think that's important to get the laity involved in, rather than the pastor speaking the... Uh, uh, I agree. Uh, I agree uh, with that. You know, the scripture text, have a layperson involved, because I think when we have participatory worship... You have more it, ownership. It, absolutely. We yeah. have more ownership, and it means something to us. So yours would certainly be more corporate in style. Mine would be more corporate in style, but it, it would vary because... This, we like variety. It, it we like variety, yet we like the sameness. Absolutely. We we like the old, you know, the the uh, 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 you know the Christmas carols. I mean, there, there's something everybody likes that. You know, everybody can't stand Mary. Did you know? And everybody makes fun of that because obviously <laughs> the angel told her everything that was going to happen. So obviously she did know. And it's a cool song, but everybody likes certain traditions around holidays and special times of the year. So that's why I think liturgy is important in that uh, aspect. I would agree, but, but the only question I have is uh, in in the Church of Greg, are, are you uh, being a uh, 21st century uh, uh, church on there, are you going to provide uh, gluten-free sacraments uh, to your... Uh, you know, if somebody thinks they need gluten-free <laughs> sacraments, I'm going to provide it, even though I may not agree with it. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to provide it. Well, since you were going there, I was wondering if the wine would be fermented. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I was raised uh, with uh, with wine as opposed to the Welch's variety. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm for that. Well, being a, being a good corporate man, since uh, Thomas Welch was a good Methodist layman, uh, <laughs> our pastor, uh, I, think, uh, I, I think we do a disservice to former alcoholics if we serve fermented uh, wine during the Eucharist. I, I think it needs to be uh, unleaded. Oh. <laughs> if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough if for it's me. good enough for Mr. Welch, it's good enough for me, right? <laughs> okay. Well, that was a rather long segment. That was. Uh, but it, I, I think it was good. So, was. but... Does anybody really know, now that we've got all of our perfect little churches that have a uh, congregation of one, um, now that we have our perfect little churches all all staked out here, what we're going to do and, 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 and what it's all about, does anybody really know the history of the Christian worship through the last two millennia? Would anybody hazard to guess what it looked like down through the ages? Well, Greg, being that you are the historical buff here I, I know that you'll be able to do this better service than i can so well you, you give me a lot of unwarranted credit but so yeah. are we yielding the floor to greg i'm going to yield what do you think well, well well hold on a second now uh, i did a little bit of research but uh, after a, a a short phone call to greg yesterday uh, i found that my uh, my studies were were off tilt a little bit but I, I want to go ahead and, and mention what I what I found, and, and surprisingly enough, it was about music. Yeah, you know, because I know I've got two uh, two uh, choir uh, participants that enjoy music. Um, but the uh, uh, the earliest known Christian hymns, and that's and I'm, what, what I'm saying, the earliest uh, known is the congregational singing. That's the people from the pews. Right. Uh, I date back to uh, uh, 200 A.D., which 
uh, I, I, after discussion with Greg, he, we, he has some uh, interludes about that. Um, but uh, it was, uh, it, it almost stopped when, uh, in the Middle Ages, when the uh, choirs took over uh, and didn't return back until uh, the Reformation of Martin Luther King, right. or Martin Luther King, sorry. We just got done celebrating Martin Luther King, and uh, we appreciate that day. But, uh, uh, and here's something I really didn't, didn't know, but this was, this was kind of neat on there. The, uh, the, the reform with Martin Luther, uh, they did a great job of uh, writing, writing with hymns. But the Calvinist, you know, they prefer, uh, prefer uh, setting psalms to music. Try on there, so that, that, I found that very interesting. And the last little sign, or the last little thing that uh, I found very interesting was in the Roman Catholic, and I know none of us here are Roman Catholic, but uh, they didn't restore congregational singing of hymns until after the uh, Second Vatican Council, uh, that was in the uh, 1960s. So I had no idea that the Roman Catholics did not allow their congregations to sing hymns up till then. Well, I always thought that Episcopalians and Roman Catholics were kind of joined at the hip. Yeah, we sang it's, it's, a little It's bit. kind of obscene that you don't know that. It's Catholic light. Okay, there uh -huh. you go. Yeah, but we're talking history of the church. We got to go back way Wait, back. Uh, yep. We got to go BC times here on this. Yeah, it's. Well, how far back, right? I don't know. Take I us think back. I, Pull that curtain back. I don't know. Beth, uh, the. My research on it took me back to about 6th century B.C., but y'all can be, I could be off somewhere, I'm sure, but Greg, I'm sure, will enlighten me to the uh, proper history of worship. Well, all right. Uh, I, I took this from a, a book, uh, Martin Thielen, and it's called Ancient Modern Worship, A Practical Guide to Blending Worship Style. So I want to give old Martin there uh, uh, his, his props, but... The basic pattern of worship from the first century on was was pretty much what they call the word and table, okay? Uh, definitely, it was a very commonplace all over the empire by the second century. Uh, in his first apology, written around 150 AD, Justin Martyr described services of the word and table as normative experiences of Christian worship. Later, the church added to this basic order of worship a gathering and a dismissal, thus providing a fourfold order of worship. The gathering where people come and would greet each other mm -hmm. and maybe some, uh, you know, some singing or something like that. Then there would be a service of the proclaimed word, uh, a scripture reading, and then the, the, the uh, commentary by the pastor or the lay leader. And then you would have a service of the table or the Eucharist. Now, it was interesting that... If you were not a baptized Christian, people brought non-believers or people curious about the Christian faith into the gathering and the service of the word. However, at the end of the service of the word, they politely escorted them out because only baptized members of the Church of Christ could receive communion. And after the Eucharist, then they would have a dismissal, a blessing, and prayer. So that 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 was the normative of, of first century and, and or second century and beyond uh, uh, worship. Now, now, Greg, we have churches nowadays that uh, follow a similar pattern of that. Yes. Yeah, in fact, the, the, the Methodist Book of Discipline has several services for the Word and Table, several ways to do that. So if we look at traditional, if we say traditional, you can't get more traditional than the service of the Word and Table, which is kind of, 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not, not thumping my chest here, but that's kind of the Church of Greg. It's important to proclaim the Word of God, and it's important to have sacramental worship. Greg. Yes. Let me ask you this, because, right. you know, we've had this discussion in Sunday school. Uh, and I completely agree with you. I don't think that you can have the service of the table, communion, too often. I know some people think that, uh, you know, it should just be a once in a blue moon kind of thing. Oh, in the Church of Greg, would it be a, a weekly uh, I would hope come so. to the table of grace? Yes. Yes. I, would hope um, so. I, I believe that uh, our fearless leader, uh, John Wesley, took, commun took the Eucharist at least once a week, every week of his adult life, uh, and uh, sometimes twice a week. So what stops churches from doing that now? Well, it depends on what church you talk about in, in the, uh, in, in the uh, uh, I'm trying to think, of the Calvinistic or the Reformed tradition of the church. In fact, my wonderful wife was raised in, in that tradition. They had the, the communion maybe two or three times a year. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, that, that service of the, of the table is not central to Reformed thinking. Reformed thinking is all about uh, worship and singing and the proclamation of the word. That is central to what I understand Reformed worship is. Um, all right. <laughs> well, let me ask you another question. Just, you know, since we are really talking about worship styles and what's incorporated in that worship style, on that partaking of the Eucharist or, you know, the Lord's Supper, as you may know it as. Communion. Communion. Um, do you think that it matters the style and format? In other words, there's something called intention. Right. Yes. Or, you know, sort of like the current style that we in our church practice? I don't think it makes a, a, a difference. Now, I, um, it, you gotta realize that the, that the churches back then, uh, you know, did not have four or 500 congregants. They were either house churches or small meetings, probably two digits, you know, definitely less than a hundred people. Uh, I'm a fan, a personal fan of, of taking the elements uh, uh, at the altar, uh, but I, I I like to have my whole church family take them at once. Right. Uh, I, I don't like to take them, you know. In in, but that's just me. I can still live with the intention and the lines that we have. I also, being a good Wesleyan, I do not believe in shuttering people out when we have uh, have the Eucharist. It's mean, not my table. It's the table. table. Absolutely, it's the table Amen. of Jesus Christ. It's Amen. not my table. So the Holy Spirit will witness to the person that, hey, you're welcome, or hey, maybe you need to hold back. And I think that now, that's important. Now, it's important to uh, to also remember be, before you take that communion that you understand. Uh, I mean, you, you, you're not just walking up there getting a uh, you know a cracker and a right. sip of juice on there. You know, there's there's a meaning behind that, and I think I think uh, some of other religions that are out there, uh, you know, I, I I have I have right. I mean, it goes all the way at, from transubstantiation, which are Lutheran and and uh, uh, you know Roman Catholic brothers and sisters do, uh, to it being very symbolic and right. nothing more, and that's more toward the reform side of the uh, of the Christian Church. 
the Methodist always in the little in the middle, the via media. We believe that there's a certain um, mystery that happens in that. It's not when you take it when it when it goes inside the the, the elements, right. touches your tongue. It doesn't become the body, the body and the blood, blood of Christ. Of Christ. Right. But there is something that is. It keeps the blood of Christ it's, and what he did. Right, it's a special forefront. time. There is something that happens. It, it's not transubstantive, but it is something, it is a mystery. We can't really put our hands around it, but it's more than just representation, but it's not all the way to transubstantiation, if that makes sense. It does. So, okay. Well, uh, one other thing, and uh, it was interesting, when you get... Uh, uh, history outside the church, uh, Pliny, which was a Roman uh, historian, he wrote in uh, AD 112, he was writing to the emperor Trajan that, quote, these believers, meaning Christians, were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light when they sang an anthem to Christ as God and bound themselves by a solemn oath not to commit any wicked deed. So we have, at least as back as far as 112 AD, that not only the word and the table was being done, but there was also Christian congregational singing. Yep. So that's, that's a documented thing as far back as 112 AD. What about your worship before Christ? Uh, the worship before Christ uh, was very liturgical. If, if, in fact, we're going to talk about this in uh, Genesis. Uh, in, right. After, after our uh, uh, discussion period, uh, opinion period, this podcast is over. And this is beginning of, to be a very long podcast, uh, but, but I think it's pretty good. Um, the the, the uh, Jewish liturgical temple worship was very much... Uh, meaning, symbolism. Mm -hmm. So basically the whole foundation where we talk about liturgy and a lot of people roll their eyes, especially evangelical people, they think that's kind of stale and whatever. That was the rule. That was the practice right. on high holy days. Now when the Jews met in their local synagogues, it was a reading of the scripture and maybe a little less formal, more discussion. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was the uh, basis for uh, uh, how uh, churches are run today? Uh, Definitely the older churches. Obviously, you can see... Uh, uh, the structure. Uh, and you can see remnants of that tradition in more of your liturgical mainline. Yeah. Uh, definitely Roman Catholic uh, services. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as you get to the reform side of the house, you see, see, you see less and less formality. Right. Um, but I, again, I think uh, there's there's room for both. There's room for heartfelt, expressive worship in the low church style, like our Reformed brothers do. I also think there's a need for litur liturgy and for creeds and for bringing us back to the same thing so the church has consistency over time. I agree with that. I agree with that. And we'll be back. As we end the first half of the podcast, Worship Your Way Today, you can find this episode and other Across Rail podcast episodes on popular platforms like Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you listen on iTunes, please take the time to give us a five-star rating. If you have questions on this or any other episode, please send your comments, cheers or jeers, to comments at acrosstherail.com. That's comments at acrosstherail.com. Or look up Across the Rail podcast on Twitter by our handle at across underscore rail. 
And also, we're on Facebook at Across the Rail Podcast. Please give us a like there and leave any feedback or questions or potential uh, subjects for our next podcast. Thank you so much for listening.